Welcome back, podcast listeners. Uh, I don't know what fucking episode this is. Um, I'm not that prepared. <laughs> uh, but I did, uh, I just got back from a spring road trip, and uh, before these memories um, dissipate over time, I thought it'd be good to recollect what happened. Um, do it right now. And uh, so. I guess the uh, the trip really began as an idea in uh, I think October, like middle of October. Uh, my buddy B, he goes by B Gats, B E E G A T S on Instagram and otherwise. Uh, he asked if I wanted to do a show with him at his buddy's gallery in uh, New Orleans on uh may 5th and uh i said yeah i'd been wanting to visit new orleans i'd never been there before heard great things about it um have a lot of friends that were born and raised there and uh yeah i was just kind of curious about it and last uh august i had set out on a road trip of uh a similar length uh, where I drove all the way to uh, St. Louis and back and that was partly uh, to explore that part of the country I hadn't really spent any time there and uh, wanted to see it with new eyes uh, I've been living in California the last few years and it is very expensive to live here and uh, sometimes I take for granted all the stuff that I have here that's really really nice and uh you know but in any case i've started to think maybe it could be uh more fun to live somewhere where my money would go further so i've been exploring america some and uh so i hadn't done the south yet and uh so when b asked me about doing new orleans i was like yeah yeah, let's do that, because it had already kind of been in the back of my head. So, months later, started really laying down plans for that, and uh, decided to uh, make a bunch of stops um, and kind of see that part of the country. Uh, so the, uh, the plan was to, which we did, we left uh, San Diego on... Wednesday, April 26th, and we returned on, uh, looks like Wednesday, May 10th, so it was like just about two weeks. We went from San Diego to Phoenix, then to Albuquerque, then to Oklahoma City, then to Nashville, then Atlanta, then New Orleans, then Houston, then Fort Stockton, Tucson, and back to San Diego. Drove the whole thing in my trusty little Prius that has about 250,000 miles on it. <laughs> it, uh, it burns oil like crazy on road trips, but uh, I, I keep oil on hand and, and keep feeding it. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's an amazing little car. <laughs> it's, it's amazing, you know, the abuse that I, I put it under, and it, it has never let me down. Um, so yeah, let's kind of get into it on, you know, a bit of the details. Uh, so like I said, we left on 
Wednesday, April 26th. Um, I think we left around 11 a.m. Remember filling up the gas, uh, the car with gas. My uh, gas tank takes about 10 gallons, and uh, I get about 40 miles per gallon in that little Prius. That's one of the really high points of driving such a ugly little car. <laughs> but uh, I think you know when we left, I, I noted the gas was 5.29 a gallon in San Diego, and I was curious to see what if those prices would change much as I traveled across the country. Um, before, uh, and I also, I should mention, I, I took my girl with, with me. I'll, I'll just call her M for the, uh, for the, for the podcast. I don't need to blow her up too much. I think I'm going to blow her up a little bit with her consent, of course. Um, just in talking about what we got into. Uh, so yeah, before we split, I rolled a whole bunch of joints as usual, I usually smoke one every hour and a half, two hours, depending when uh, I have those long, long drives, you know. And I just try to keep an eye out for the police and uh, that kind of thing and keep air fresheners and try to keep all the weed in an airtight container. Um, When I'm in California, I'm not as paranoid. Um, It doesn't seem like such a big deal here as much. So, uh, we left San Diego, I think once we got out away from town on the 8, I sparked up a joint and, uh, had the windows down and fresh, uh, you know, air fresheners and whatnot. <laughs> and, uh, I knew there was a, uh, a border patrol checkpoint in Campos, um, but I, I didn't think it would be a big deal at all. Usually I've, I've had uh, weed on me and uh, not even in an airtight container and gone through that checkpoint with no problem whatsoever. Never, ever had a problem getting through there. So uh wasn't really tripping. And then uh, we're cruising along. I know the inside of the car probably smelled like weed, but again, I wasn't tripping and... Uh, we tried to vent it out as best we could. And as we approached the, uh, uh, the border patrol station, I noticed something different. There was a dog (laughs) and I'd never seen a dog at that, uh, border patrol stop before. But again, the only thing I had on me was weed. I was in California, uh, and I really didn't think much of it. Uh, it, you know, it, I had some joints in an Altoids container and I had thought maybe it would be best not to just have that stuff visible and in front, in the front seat. Um, I didn't know what the laws were kind of when you're dealing with border patrol. So I took the Altoids container and I stashed it under the back seat, kind of as far away as I could push it from where I was sitting in the driver's seat. And just knew it was there. But it wasn't airtight, so I knew, you know, the dog could smell it for sure. Um, But I was still in a great mood. I was a little high. My girl, I don't think she was tripping at that point. (laughs) She trusted me. And uh, sure enough, we we pulled up to uh, to the Border Patrol agent. Our windows were all the way down. I had the AC going. had the music off, you know. I took off my sunglasses so he could see me in the eye. And the dog kind of went around the car 
and uh, didn't seem to do anything unusual as far as I was concerned. <laughs> but the uh, Border Patrol agent told me that, uh, you know, it was just like, hi, how you doing? Um, so listen, the, the dog has signaled to me that you have something, um, what did he say? <sighs> something restricted, maybe, is what he said. Um, some sort of substance or whatever. And uh, asked me to pull over under uh, this, like, shaded overhang that they had set up, like a tent. And uh, so I just pulled over. Um, at that point, I'll bet uh, M was tripping a little bit. <laughs> but again, I wasn't. I was just like... You know, I have some joints in the car, so what? I'm in California. So the uh, I pulled over. The original agent with the dog, he came over too. And I believe two other agents came as well. And I think they had the dog go around again and told me that the dog had signaled again that there was something that had piqued its interest. I think they could just smell the, the weed. I mean, straight up. I don't think they even needed the dog. Um, he, the, the, the main agent guy, who I will say was nice. He was cool, accommodating, never m made me feel threatened at all. And I certainly didn't try to make him feel threatened at all either. But he asked if I had any weapons in the car, um, anything like that. And I said no. He, he, I remember he specifically did not ask me if I had any cannabis in the car. <coughs> Because I would have told him yes, probably. But he never asked. So he asked me to pop out of the car and to have a seat and asked him to hop out the passenger side and sit next to me and left the doors open. And they had the dog jump in the passenger side seat. And he was all excited, it seemed like. Um, you know, like he was having fun even, the dog. <laughs> and so... Um, they put the dog away in, a, in like a kennel truck kind of trailer thing and came back. And the guy was like, so, uh, you know, the, the dog has signaled um, that there's restricted, you know, uh, substances in the vehicle. Um, but we don't really need to, you know, we looked around. We don't really need to toss your whole car for just a, a personal use amount of cannabis you know um but just know you know we're a federal program so you know california law kind of doesn't apply to us um so you know we have you know some leniency as far as what we can do um if we find uh cannabis and uh i was like well you know that's fine sir i understand and then he was like uh are you a tattoo artist? And I said, well, yes and no. I, I, I don't do it much anymore. I think I motioned to M that I had tattooed her. Um, and he was like, yeah, you know, I've been thinking about getting some new tattoos. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, what, what kind of stuff are you thinking? I might be able to help you, you know, find somebody locally that would be really good. And, and he started talking to me and showing me his arm and what he would place where. And um, I remember one of the other officers that hadn't said a word yet 
Oh, right. He, he did ask me uh, what the boxes were that I had in the back of my car. And they were uh, boxes of posters, the posters that I was going to sell on the road to kind of pay for the trip, so to speak. And uh, he was like, I think that's when he asked me if I was a tattoo artist. So that makes more sense. And I said, yeah. And the other officer I hadn't heard from before, he was like, oh, you know, like the uh, splash. And I was like, oh, he means flash. So I, I, I said, yeah, yeah, like uh, flash, like the tattoo designs that you pick off the wall in a tattoo shop. And he was like, yeah, 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 flash, flash. That's right, flash. And I thought it was so funny he called it splash, but I, I didn't laugh at his face at all. I kept that inside. Uh, but he ended up talking to me about what he wanted and stuff. And then he was looking at me and he was like, hey, you know, did you tattoo yourself? You know, are those your designs? And I said, oh, you know, it's really hard to to tattoo yourself. And also, you know, if you get your own designs, it's really easy to see, you know, when you drew that, you know, because my drawing style has gotten better and better over time. So, for instance, my back piece is a little dated because it's how I drew 23 years ago. And I was like, you want to see? And I, <laughs> I stood up and I pulled my shirt up and I showed him. And I remember looking over at Em and she was just like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> are we getting arrested? Or are we just having a chat? Like, what the fuck? And uh, I showed the guys my back piece and I was like, yeah, see how, you know, this, it was, it's a Tibetan, uh, uh, what would you call it? It was like a guardian deity. And, uh, he kind of, he's blue, you know, and he kind of looks a bit like a Smurf. Not not really, but a little bit, because I drew kind of cartoony back in the day. And I was like, yeah, see, doesn't that look a little Smurfy? It's because I, I drew this, and I drew it, you know, 20-some years ago. And they all were like, damn, that's crazy. You're fully covered in tattoos. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I pointed at him, and I was like, yeah, she is too, pretty much. <laughs> that's our thing. And, uh... So, you know, we went through all of that. We must have been talking to them, must have been sitting there under that tent for 10 minutes, you know. And again, at no point did I feel like, oh, fuck, I'm going to jail. Not at any point. And uh, so we wrapped up our conversation, and he was just like, listen, man, you know, uh, we're not going to hassle you. You're free to go. But just know, you know, you're going to run into other checkpoints. Because I think I told him we were driving all the way to Atlanta. And he was just like, listen, you're going to go into other states and through other checkpoints where the smell of cannabis is not going to go so well. So, you know, take it easy. And I was like, okay, no sweat. Thanks, man. I really appreciate your help. I, I wasn't trying to cause a problem. Wasn't trying to do anything illegal. You know, sorry that you had to waste your time, you know, <laughs> dealing with us. <laughs> And uh, we hopped in the car and we rolled. And uh, I, I don't think it was very far down the way that <laughs> and was like, holy shit, that was crazy. What the fuck was that? How did that like near arrest turn into a bunch of guys just talking tattoos? <laughs> so, I, you know, in the end, I think it was good that I put the the Altoids container in the back seat because they would have had to dig through everything just to find what the dog was smelling, and they knew it wasn't a big amount, so they let us go. But uh, I was a lot more cautious 
about smoking weed in the car after that. Uh, although I, I did continue to smoke weed in the car pretty much the whole trip. Um, let me get a bit of water. I got dry mouth because I smoked a fat joint before I started. Ah, that's better. Ah, refreshed. Oh yeah, even my voice sounds different. Crazy. Um, so yeah, that was our run-in with the fucking Campos Border Patrol. Um, I remember too, like, w w once we got kind of past those mountains and past all the, uh, the windmills that, uh, for electric power that are out there on that ridge going, uh, east out of San Diego County, uh, it's such a pretty pretty area so desolate such a reminder immediately that once you get out of the cities most of america is just like vast and especially if the west of the mississippi is just like desert uh i guess uh west of the rockies once you cross over the rockies you get into the plains and it changes quite a bit but anyway we're uh we're cruising out we're uh, our first destination was phoenix or, to be more particular, Gilbert. I have an old friend um, that lives in Gilbert. And uh, he lets me uh, stay in his, uh, his like, office kind of man cave. Uh, it's like a, I don't know. It's cool. It's just like a extra building off the side of his house. It's, like, separated. And behind there is a swimming pool and a hot tub. It's fucking amazing. Super nice, nice and grassy. They're wonderful people to visit. Um, but to get there, we had to go through Gila Bend, which is a fun little desert town. And from there, we went up to Maricopa. Um, that's one of my favorite highways in the world. Uh, it's full of the saguaro cactuses. Uh, it's like right out of an old uh, Roadrunner cartoon. It's it's amazing. And there's a freight train line that follows the road, and it often has a lot of really cool graffiti on it. And it's in the middle of nowhere in this this barren desert that just goes on and on and on for hundreds of miles, and it's just really amazing. Remember, we stopped out there too to take uh, photos, and it was like when we stepped out of the car, it was like stepping into a dry sauna. It was like 90-something degrees, no humidity. It was amazing. It felt really great, actually, because we'd been kind of chilling in the A.C. in the car the whole way. But it was quite a shock and made us both realize we would die <laughs> pretty soon if we stayed out there long without water. Um, but it is gorgeous. Um, we got into uh, Gilbert, actually, a little early, and... Uh, decided to uh, check out a, a strip club. Uh, I should go back a little bit. Um, I guess early in Em and I's uh, relationship, she had expressed some interest in going to strip clubs. Now, I'm over 50 years old. Uh, I thought my strip club days were well behind me. Um, <laughs> I kind of, I really had no interest in going to them as a single dude. It just felt creepy, um, and just, you know, it's just not my vibe so much, um, but she showed interest in it, and, uh, also had expressed some interest in 
perhaps experimenting uh, sexually with girls. She was, I guess she kind of just felt or feels really safe with me and safe enough to kind of uh, explore some things that she wouldn't feel okay doing on her own, so to speak. And uh, thought that um, going to strip clubs would be a good way for her to get comfortable around girls um, and just to kind of see how she felt in those situations. And also, you know, prospectively uh, girls for her to hook up with. And it was important to her that um, they also wanted to hook up with me. So she was really looking for a threesome um, and had been trying. And even in San Diego, we had met some girls a few different times, um, even some girls that DM'd her on Instagram that um, seemed promising. And we had even set up uh, dates and stuff. And uh, more than once, I think, uh, we got flaked on which I wasn't really tripping on. It's a weird thing to negotiate, um, especially if you don't know the people. And I knew that she had to, or my girl, she had to coordinate everything. I I really had to be hands-off with the whole thing um, for it to work at all, I figured. Um, So I just kind of let her do her thing and kind of foster her interest. And of course, I don't mind strip clubs. I, I like it. I, I enjoy myself. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm a heterosexual guy. And, uh, I, I think it's, it's fun and entertaining. Um, and it is a, a fun thing to share with them. She, she really enjoys it. So when we set out on the trip, we t- t- talked before that we would love to check out strip clubs in the different places that we visited. Because one thing that we really noticed even in California is that the different clubs have different rules and different protocols. Like some places you can touch the dancers, some places you can't. Um, The rules for what happens in a lap dance versus a VIP area are different depending on, you know, what county you're in, Um, whether they sell alcohol uh, whether it's nude or non-nude, depending on whether or not there's alcohol. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of different rules and things. And at each place, we kind of had to ask and figure out, you know, what the deal was. Um, so our first stop, Phoenix, we're like, oh, well, shit, we're here early. But it was like, a, what was it, a Wednesday? <laughs> it like... I don't know, six, five or six o'clock. So she looked on her phone and she found a strip club and we drove by and there was like two cars in the parking lot. It was a dirt parking lot. It looked like a, just a shitty little kind of shack of a building. And uh, we both looked at each other and we're just like, nah, <laughs> let's skip this one. Um, and then uh, I think she looked again or I did and we found a place to grab some food and we went to the... Uh, black bear diner um the black bear diners are all over the country that lots and lots of locations and each one's a little different i've been to uh, just a few of them They're usually off of uh, major highways um this one was in kind of a mall area near gilbert 
and uh, it was kind of the most generic of all the ones I've been to, I suppose, maybe one of the newer ones. Um, but I, I remember uh, uh, M was super stoned. I, she doesn't smoke much weed. Um, usually when I roll up a joint, she'll take two puffs off it, and that's it. Um, but sometimes those two puffs really send her into outer space because <laughs> I smoke really good shit. Uh, and I think that's what happened on this day. She might have even taken an extra hit before we went into the diner. And uh, she was uh, extra, just kind of sheepish and silly and quiet. <laughs> but we had a good time. And uh, we had a good meal. And we bounced out of there and drove over to my buddy Adam's place in, uh, in Gilbert. And uh, I, th- I don't think he was there I think he had texted me just what what was up and where I could find towels if I wanted to hop in the hot tub and he was going to be back at the house that evening after his uh I think one of his daughters was having a softball game or something oh and and uh before uh Adam came by his his brother uh Josh came by who I'm friends with too Josh is kind of a a handful. He was married to my sister back in the day. That's how I know him and know their whole family really was through that, that marriage. Um, but, uh, they got divorced years later, but I, I've stayed in touch with, uh, with the guys. Um, and, uh, Adam's real solid and I love staying with him. Uh, Josh, on the other hand, is a little more, uh, on edge and uh, sometimes uh he's around and sometimes he's not uh this time he was around it was really nice to see him he uh him and my sister made uh two really nice boys my nephews and uh i think they did a really great job raising them regardless of what the hap- what the hell happened between them you know personally uh but it was fun to catch up with josh he he's such a trip and uh and then I, Em and I just kicked it in the hot tub. It was kind of the perfect thing after driving, you know, out there. It was not a long drive compared to the rest of the trip, but still six, seven hours in a car sucks. Um, I think we crashed pretty early that night. And uh, the next morning, uh, saw that there was a, a broken yolk restaurant nearby for breakfast. So we went up there and ate. There's a few of those around um, I'm, I, I, I know there's one, uh, one or two in San Diego. Um, I'm not sure how far that chain goes, but, uh, we, we got powered up and hit the road. Um, and then heading, uh, heading east out of, out of Phoenix is gorgeous too, going through the Saguaro deserts and it's just amazing. Um, we got out, uh, I forget how far out we were, but we, we stopped at Ophelia's Knife City, it's this uh, gigantic knife shop that's off the freeway, and they got these big billboards advertising, you know, you're almost a knife city, and, oh, here's your next exit, knife city. And I always try to stop there and get something because it's in, uh, must be in Arizona because uh, you can get all kinds of knives that aren't legal in California. And uh, I ended up buying some throwing knives this time. Uh, again, I don't know if they're legal in California, but I'll keep them on the down low. I, I thought I could practice throwing uh, when I go do archery practice with my friends on Sundays, just on the down low. We'll we'll see if I can do that without getting arrested. <laughs> but I'm excited to try them out. Uh, and we just drove all that fucking that whole fucking day all the way to Albuquerque. 
I think we got in about 5.30 that evening, got checked into our hotel and kind of got our bearings, uh, showered and whatnot. We were hungry, so we headed downtown uh, to Old Town specifically. I was looking for, uh, I think it was a Gardunia's or something that was in Old Town, and I couldn't find it, but we did end up walking over to Little Anita's, which I suppose was just a good, and uh, uh, M had a gigantic fucking margarita as big as her head <laughs> which is the way to go i suppose but i, I warned her you know we're, we were at elevation in albuquerque it's at 5200 feet so you know if you're, you're drinking alcohol or smoking weed and stuff it's it's gonna hit you a lot harder uh get you fucked up quick and kind of can verge on getting you sick a lot faster too if you're not careful but uh she powered through her margarita. I think we had sopapillas, uh, which are the little fried square breads um, that traditionally in New Mexico you put honey on. Um, I've had sopapillas all over the country, and they all fuck them up other than New Mexico. New Mexico does them right. I don't know how the fuck they blow it in, like, Colorado and Texas and Arizona, but they do. <laughs> but we, we had a good meal there, and... I took her over to Anodyne, my favorite uh, pool hall in uh, downtown Albuquerque. Yet, I think it opened when I was in college, uh, so it's just been my bar kind of since then. And often when I'm back in Albuquerque, I'm downtown on like a weekend night, and I try to go to Anodyne, and I get turned away at the door because they're at capacity, and I'm always like, "Well, fucking good for them, <laughs> fuck for me." Uh, but this time, you know, we were there. It was a Thursday night, um, and it was pretty early. So uh, we were able to get in, and, uh, you know, there was plenty of room to sit. All the uh, pool tables, unfortunately, we were full. Were full. And Eminem, uh, M and I <coughs> really like to play pool. She had expressed interest in that as well early on in our relationship, and I've been teaching her. And uh, she had that big margarita at dinner and she got a, a long island iced tea at anodyne and i was like oh fuck she's going for it <laughs> she's not really listening to me as far as the warnings go but she'll learn i i suppose and she was having a really good time though and uh we were having a really nice time at anodyne just popping around to the different uh tables that they have uh, like each table has all these different like uh objects like playing cards and necklaces and badges and stickers and condom wrappers and uh action figures and then they they were all poured under clear resin and each table's different and uh i remember tripping on on them when the the place was brand new and now they're all yellowed and look super uh beat and vintage and i i love it they're, they're really fun um and then uh my buddy uh delano showed up he's my uh homie there in albuquerque that uh prints posters for me sometimes we'll often collaborate on posters as we did uh, for the the poster sale we had the next night uh he had a bunch of drinks with him it was super nice to, to see him check in uh he was coming to san diego regularly uh last year to get his whole front tattooed from basically his collarbone down to his belt line side to side with a big snake with some roses it was a one of the biggest tattoo projects I've ever done and certainly the biggest one I've done recently. Uh, but he was a trooper and came out. So it's always 
cool to kick it with dude um we we were getting tired and uh decided to bounce from anodyne and said bye to delano and i mentioned to uh i mentioned to M that there was a strip club just the next block over if she felt like going out and staying out you know and checking out an albuquerque club so we could contrast it to the other ones we've been to and I warned her that this place wasn't the the best place in town, but it was pretty good, and uh, it was worth checking out. I had taken friends there for years. It's called Knockouts for anybody that's in Albuquerque, <laughs> you know. And if you're going there, this is a good story. <laughs> but uh, uh, before we went in there, I had her go up for a walk with me out back in the alley where we used to skateboard when I was a college student. And I, I smoked a big joint and reminisced about doing graffiti downtown there in Albuquerque and showing them around. It was it was really fun. We got super high and uh, went into knockouts. Uh, it was, what time would it have been? I think it would have been about 9 o'clock when we walked in. And before we walked in, she was like, well, you know, what, what kind of thing should, we, should I, we, I expect? And I was like, well... I'll bet you there's like five girls dancing in there and there's probably 12 dudes. And she was like, okay. So we get in there, we get uh, checked at the door. Um, I cash in some twenties to get ones um, to uh, tip the girls on the stage. And, uh, and sure enough, it was about 12 guys, <laughs> about five girls. And uh, you could tell a lot of the guys were regulars. Our favorite guy was this old dude that was at the uh, far end of the stage opposite us. And he was sold. He, he didn't even have teeth. He, he looked like he was damn near 90 years old. Skinny little old guy all by himself. And just smiling, uh, watching the strippers dance. And uh, we, we got such a kick out of that guy. Um, but there were some... There were some um, cute girls there. Uh, we went right to the bar, and uh, M ordered another Long Island iced tea, which a lot of strip clubs don't sell Long Islands because it's so much alcohol. It's like four different, four or five different hard liquors in one drink. It's like the most potent mixed drink you can get, I think. Um, and we used to only drink them like when I was in college just to get like fucked up quick, but she loves them. And so, <laughs> so she ends up getting another Long Island and a Jaeger shot. That's another thing I, she'd never d heard about Jaeger until I was taking her to bars. And I was like, hey, you ever tried that Jaegermeister stuff? And she was like, nah. And sure enough, she loves it. I used to love it when I was young, um, but I don't fuck with it so much now. <laughs> but she was really digging it. Um, so we were just chilling up by the main stage as usual. Every time a dancer would come on stage, uh, we would throw a few dollars out for both of us. Um, you know, if you're going to strip clubs, you should be doing that. If you're sitting up front, we, we always see guys that aren't given money each time a girl's on stage and, uh, just that's pretty whack, you know, <laughs> like the... You're supposed to give the girls some money. Um, <coughs> and you'll learn pretty quickly, too. If you put a, a good amount of money out there, they'll, they'll come right over and be extra nice. So 
we asked, uh, <coughs> there was a few girls that were cute. I remember, in particular, a girl that was wearing a, like a, a lace uh, bodysuit, like shoulder to toes, some cute shoes, and she had glasses on. And I have a thing for glasses, and my girl knows I do too. <laughs> so she'll play that up sometimes. Um, but there were a bunch of cute girls in there. But that that one in particular caught my interest. But she was all the way in the back talking to regulars, and I, I thought she wasn't going to give us much attention at all. Eventually she was called to the stage to do a feature dance, and she went up, and um, both them and I thought she was very cute. And uh, she was looking at us in the right in the eye and smiling and uh we were throwing money at her not like throwing it at her but you know putting money on the stage respectfully <coughs> sometimes we'll see guys ball up their dollars into like you know like a little ball and just like throwing it at strippers don't do that <laughs> they hate that they might not tell it to you just because they're just gonna let you be an asshole but don't do that i've never met a stripper in my life that enjoys having money thrown at them you know, uh, it's better just to kind of put it on the stage or in some situations they'll pull up their like, uh, uh, panties a little bit so you can slide the money under or maybe in their bra, if, depending on what kind of club you're at, but definitely don't fucking throw that shit at them. And two, if you're going to make it rain, you know, be the big baller dude, like, you know, <laughs> try to get it on the stage. I see so many dudes, they'll have like a handful of like uh, have 20 single dollar bills in one hand and they'll just try to throw it so it rains on the dancer and the problem is it just rains right off the fucking stage and then all of us <laughs> that are sitting around the stage have to pick that shit up for knucklehead <laughs> put that shit on the stage yeah i just we've gone to so many strip clubs we see so much just dudes do stupid shit i just want to try to uh, help you <laughs> not doing the same mistakes but anyway um we're having a good time this girl's dancing we're digging her um once the song ends or whatever and she comes down she comes over to us and tells us that she thinks we're cute and um and uh we express the same to her and I think that that's when we asked her to explain like the, the different pricing for lap dances and VIP and stuff. And she explained to us that uh, the lap dances were $15 and you'd go to these like big chairs that were kind of in a co another corner of the club, or you could pay $25 for a, each song and go in the VIP. And then she would be topless. Um, so, you know, I gave M some money. Usually I suggest that she go get a, a lap dance by herself just to get a feel for the girls and to have a bit of privacy, although she does prefer me to be there. But some clubs will double charge us because there's two people, um, and that can sometimes not be worth it. Um, so like I said, I usually just let her go do her thing. Gave her some money. I think I gave her a, like 50 bucks so she could do two dances in the VIP with this girl. So she goes in back, and I'm chilling, feeling a little awkward, because here I am again, the, the gray-haired dude, and selling by himself at the strip club. <laughs> but I knew she was having fun, so I just tried to kick it. But not but a 
fucking minute later, uh, M comes running over to me and is like, come with me, come with me. And I'm like, well, all right. So I go on back and, uh, the, the dancer, uh, I'm not going to even tell you her stage name cause I don't want to blow her up, but I'll just use, uh, the initial L for her. Um, L explained that uh, she could dance for both of us for the same price and that she was into it. And I was like, great. So I sat down next to M, and we both got worked in a really nice way by this very, very cute stripper. Um, seemed to me like a real New Mexico girl, uh, like, uh, like a cross between Mexican and native, gorgeous black, black hair. She smelled so nice, super soft, very sensual, looked us in the eye. And after the two songs were done, um, I think M paid her and then just explained that we were in town um, just for two nights and uh, she was really you know, curious to see if this girl would meet us at our hotel. Um, she, the, Elle was into the idea and I was frankly thrilled, <laughs> but, uh, Em and I had been flaked on many times. Um, so at this point our hopes weren't up too high, but we did concede, man, that would be absolutely fucking fantastic if she actually did come to the hotel. So I think we, from there, we just went back to our table finished our drinks, and decided to head out. Um, by then, it was about, uh, I think it was about 10, maybe 10.30. I remember the nighttime staff of strippers had shown up, and the number of dancers had doubled or tripled even just in the hour that we had been there. Um, and we bounced, went back to the hotel, um, chilled out. I think we were both pretty tired um and we're just you know curious to see what if l was going to come through so m was texting her here and there trying to coordinate things um gave her the address at the hotel and then we get a text from l saying i'll be there in 20 minutes and we were like okay you know but still ah we'll see so after about 15 minutes, I rolled up a joint and decided to go outside to smoke. And if she actually did show up when she said she would, I could escort her safely into the hotel. Um, and I, I was just out back in the parking lot, just smoking a J and pulls this car and I see her and I'm like, oh shit, it's her. And I, I think I helped guide her to a parking spot, just parked where it was cool. And uh, she hopped out and was like, "Hey, this is this is exciting. I'm I'm here. We go, you know." And I was like, "Fuck! I'm so glad you came. Like, you know, I think I even told her, you know, other people had flaked on us in the past, and we weren't so sure you were gonna come, and you came, and we're like, oh my god." So I uh, got her in the hotel. We went up to the room, and at that point, of course, I hadn't let. M know that L had showed up. So when I got in the hotel room, I just pointed 
to the back part, it was like a suite, and the, the bed was in the back by the, the main window. And I was like, just she's back there, go get her. And uh, while she went up there to surprise M, and she really surprised her, M was um, in this cute little, like, uh, what was it? Like, a, how did she explain it? Um, I think I wrote a note. Oh, yeah, the ruffled crop top. <laughs> That's right. It was a super cute thing, some vintage thing she found, a ruffled crop top. And she was in bed, and she was uh, watching um, some Chloe Cherry porn. She really likes Chloe Cherry for some reason. And I don't hate on it. Chloe's cute. Um, and was really surprised when Elle walked in the room and kind of caught her playing. And uh, I don't know whatever happened. I, I went into the bathroom as soon as we walked in and uh, brushed my teeth really, really good, rinsed my mouth out. I think I... Uh, rinse my face off. I washed my hands really, really good. Made tried to make sure all my um, they didn't have any sharp fingernails. Um, just one of those things. If you're going to be fingering a girl, it's best that you don't have any sharp fingernails. <laughs> That's a big one, guys. So I just uh, I checked my nails, made sure my hands were clean, everything was good to go. And uh, went into the bedroom, and the girls were talking. And I think I just suggested that Elle just hop in the middle of the bed um, between uh, M and I, and we'll just uh, see how things go. I remember getting the lighting right in the room was really tricky because the, the bulbs were too bright in the actual bedroom. It was just way too fucking bright. So I ended up <laughs> trying all the different lights in the room until <laughs> we got just the right mood. And then uh, we just kind of just got to it. Um, it. We started just by touching each other and making out. Um, I remember we uh, had some CBD tincture with us um, to help us sleep on the road. And so we were all of us taking a little bit of that CBD tincture here and there, and it really, I think it helped um, any kind of anxiety or nervousness that we had, it just kind of melted away. So the whole experience was just really, um, felt so natural, unforced, um, and I, I think all three of us would feel that, that same way. Uh, it was just, very sensual and fun. Um, uh, M is a, a squirter, and I remember the first time she squirted, uh, L's face was like, oh my God, it's real. Look at that. Holy shit. And then a long time later, uh, L helped uh, M have an orgasm, and she squirted, and the look on Elle's face was just amazing. She was just like, it was like something magical had just happened right in front of her face. Um, we really just, uh, it was really just oral play. I think towards the end of it, um, I put Elle's hand on my dick and she uh, jacked me off while I fingered her to an orgasm and it was pretty much the same time when we both came. 
And uh, I remember M was really, really into it. It was really into watching me with another girl and sharing me with another girl. And I, I just felt just so lucky and thankful, honestly. Um, my, you know, I, I had had a few threesomes when I was younger, mostly during the rave days, but they were often awkward, sometimes involving like really good friends of mine that I wasn't particularly sexually attracted to. And I don't know, it's just one of those things. They were always a little awkward, but this time was just so fucking cool. Um, literally we played for three hours it was 3.30 in the morning. Cause she, we remember she arrived because she sent a text at like midnight saying she would be there at, at our place in 20 minutes. So it was about 12.30 when we started getting rolling. And literally it was 3.30 when we were kind of winding up. And I remember like one of the, the cutest things that whole night was um, Elle uh, standing next to the bed and uh, M and I are in the bed still and we're looking up at her and she's got her arms across her chest I think because the AC was on it was we were just still so sweaty we were going for it um but uh I asked her you know do you do you want one more orgasm for the road I mean this might be the the last time we ever see you you know and she really thought about it. <laughs> it was so cute after three hours. Um, but conceded she did need to get back home, and it had been a long day. And we were like, yeah, it's all good. We got to get up early and face the day. So she left, and uh, I walked her out to her car and made sure she got out okay and went back up to the room. and. Em and I just looked at each other like, what the fuck? It happened. It finally happened. We fucking pulled it off. Oh, my God. And we were so pumped. And uh, we turned the lights off and tried to get to sleep. And uh, kind of out of nowhere, Em really got terrible shakes, um, like violent shaking, uh, tremors, you know, her whole body and didn't know what was going on and it scared her a little bit you know and I think what it was was just like a chemical switch because we'd been having sex for like three hours but she still had all that alcohol in her system from that night it was she ended up having oh my god two Long Islands a huge margarita and the Jaeger and I think that was it but again we're a mile high so she she was feeling it and she felt really really sick super gross um but eventually was able to chill out and get a little bit of sleep but i think then she knew not to fuck with so much alcohol at elevation she kind of had to learn the hard way and just felt bad but she was fine uh we eventually uh got some sleep it's it's hard to sleep at elevation you always feel like you're kind of starving for oxygen and it can lead to nightmares and whatnot but in any case we tried so the next day uh this was been friday april 28th which is the day of the poster sale in albuquerque uh for that morning we ended up meeting my buddy uh delano again uh at a place called garcia's in uh old town my favorite uh new mexican restaurant out there 
Uh, he brought his wife along, and uh, uh, M and I were still glowing from the threesome the night before, and couldn't help but just level with them as grown ass adults about what happened and why we were feeling so crazy. And they thought that was just fucking amazing <laughs> that, we, that we were able to pull a stripper from knockouts of all places <laughs> on a Thursday night. <laughs> but, uh, we had a nice breakfast with them and then I took her to old town and we explored a lot around there a bit. And then I took her up to a place called Palms Trading, where I buy a lot of my, like, uh, New Mexico uh, touristy kind of things, or pottery, painted pottery from the different pueblos, and jewelry, and bolo ties, and bizcochitos, and all kinds of shit. Um, but uh, Em ended up picking up some incense there. And uh, then from there, we went up to my buddy uh, uh, Pau's uh, tattoo shop called blacklist and uh years ago we had painted his sidewall with a big snake and skull kind of thing and uh he was asked if i was interested in redoing it and doing something new and i was like yeah sure i got time this time so uh i rolled up he had all the paint got was there buffed the wall out pretty quickly and uh i remember uh M was sitting in a chair and she was in the sun. And again, I had to warn her, you know, we're at elevation. So the sun is a lot brighter because there's less oxygen and you're just that much closer to the sun, you know, so you you be careful. You'll get burned really easy. And she was like, no, I feel fine. It feels really nice. It's like a sauna. And I was like, yeah, I know it feels nice, but (laughs) might not feel nice later. Um, but I, I trusted her and so she just, she kicked it and, uh, she watched me paint. I, I remember, uh, being really dizzy when I was painting. I had a respirator on just to keep my lungs, uh, clear of the, the spray paint stuff. And, uh, every time I would like be down on my knees or sitting down to paint a lower section of the wall and I would stand up, I would get really, really dizzy. Um, but it's, it's kind of fun at the same time, (laughs) but it took me about, I don't know, two hours or so to, to get my part of the wall done. And I knew that they were going to add some more stuff around it to kind of pull it into, to be like a, a nice mural, but I could just kind of do my part to start with and they could finish it off. So, uh, we decided from there to go back to the hotel because, we were both still pretty tired from the night before. We'd probably only gotten three hours of sleep that night. And uh, I had just painted a wall in the sun. And it's just, we were wrecked. So we went back, showered up. I think we had sex again. Um, and then uh, got our stuff together and headed over to the uh, to my buddy Delano's shop called All is One. And uh, got ready for the poster sale. I think I tried to get there an hour early because he had uh, some new additions that we collaborated on that I needed to sign before people started showing up to buy them. And there were lots of them. So while well, I did that, uh, my parents came by and uh, visited while I signed all the posters. Um, my mom is pretty notorious for uh, kind of being nosy about my girlfriends and stuff most i think because i won't tell her shit because <laughs> she's got a terrible reputation with all my ex-girlfriends so i kind of try to keep my 
uh, girls away from my mother as much as possible because she, she can be pretty bad. Uh, yeah, and and this occasion was no different, frankly. <laughs> I had M in the back room hanging out with uh, the other girls from the shop uh, away from my parents, and uh, I think it, in the end it was five different times I had to go in the back and ask my mom to leave M alone. <laughs> it's like she just couldn't help herself. Um, and I, I think she means well. She just doesn't realize how uncomfortable she makes people feel. My dad is kind of that way on a, another level too. Uh, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it was nice to see them and catch up. And uh, once, uh, I think it was 7 o'clock, we opened up the doors to the people buying the posters. And uh, it was uh, we had a good rush at first, and then it kind of chilled out a little bit. And then it was really consistent right until the end and when we closed up. Um, and I sold plenty of posters, got to shake lots of hands, see a lot of old familiar faces, a lot of old friends, um, you know, saw some really cool dogs. My friends have some awesome dogs, but, uh, yeah, it was super fun. Uh, I remember getting a bunch of weed from people. I got some LSD from a friend. I got some mushroom chocolates. I got a whole bunch of shit. People are, uh, that's a fun thing in New Mexico. People will slide you some cool shit. <laughs> uh, so after the uh, the poster sale, uh, I had a bunch of cash on me, and I'm usually really paranoid. So I like to get right back to the hotel after those and uh, stash the money so I'm not carrying it around on me. And uh, we were pretty beat once we got back there. Uh, I had been telling M the whole day that I was going to take her to another strip club called TD's, uh, which was kind of the, the A-list club in Albuquerque. But she conceded that it would be really hard to top what we had done the night before, and we probably needed some rest so we could skip TD's. And I was like, cool. She'd been seeing signs uh, for the Cracker Barrel. It's a chain of kind of country time restaurants uh she'd never eaten at one and i was like well shit there's one across the parking lot from the hotel you want to just eat there so we went over there and she thought it was super funny um it is it's 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 like american kitsch at its finest or its worst i guess depending on how you think about it and i remember our waitress being or waiter i should say our waiter he was really nice uh very friendly uh, it was kind of late in the evening. I don't think they were open for much later. So we were trying to be extra cool too, cause we knew he was almost done. Um, and then at the end of the meal, he mentioned that he recognized me <laughs> and was, uh, stoked to serve me. And, uh, it was just so funny. You know, I, I, I get recognized here and there. Um, but I'm always really stoked when it's somebody in a restaurant, especially like the, the waiters or it's the kitchen staff often it's the kitchen staff somebody recognizes me and wants me to like do a tag on a napkin or something for them and it always trips out uh m when i get recognized she thinks it's fucking hilarious uh but this kid was mad cool we we tipped him good and i think uh that night we just went back to the the hotel room and actually tried to get some sleep because the next day was going to be uh a hell of a drive so 
Saturday, that Saturday, April 29th, uh, we left Albuquerque pretty early. I remember rolling a joint um, just before uh, we went outside. I was going to smoke it before we hit the road. And within a minute, I had lost it. I don't know how, but motherfucker, that annoys the shit out of me. That's such a stoner move. You know, roll it up, and within a minute, it's gone. Like, it just disappeared. I must have dropped it somewhere, and hopefully somebody was stoked and found it, because um, I roll good fucking joints. <laughs> but I was pissed. But, to be honest, we were on our way to a weed shop anyway, before we headed out of Albuquerque. Um, I think the place was called Caroline's Choice, up on, like, uh, fuck, like, Wantabo or Tramway in Central, up near there. Um, and we got some great joints, pre-rolls, a few boxes of those. I bought a, uh, an ounce of shake that was testing over 30% THC, which was really fucking good and lasted a long time. Um, they had like this spinning wheel that you could turn and you get bonus shit. I think I got some flavored papers out of that. It was, and I think M got free joint out of that. It was thoroughly a, a very good new mexico uh weed experience i'm stoked that they've come along so far with uh their whole business there and made it competitive so we hit it heading uh east out of albuquerque didn't have any problems um you know just tripping out on how vast the desert was uh got a little more concerned once we got to texas started seeing a lot of uh the troopers in their silver uh uh like uh suburbans and that kind of thing they're a little scary but we zoomed right through texas uh right into uh oklahoma same thing there tried to be super careful smoking weed just in like really really out there places and really trying to like have the windows down and try not to keep try to keep the smell down but it is brutal to do those long drives without the weed i must admit so it's always a risk um, uh, I think it was, I forget where we were in Oklahoma, but, uh, we kept seeing signs for this big, uh, boot outlet and, uh, M was looking for some, some cowboy boots and it was kind of a perfect place to look for them. I, I thought, so we pulled over and checked out this place and they had just hundreds and hundreds of different boots. And she did in fact find some, they were even on the, the sale rack. Um, they're like the shorter boots than the regular cowboy boots. They're super cute. She looks great in them. And uh, we were pumped. And uh, it wasn't much further. We got to Oklahoma City. We got checked into our hotel. Uh, did a little bit of research. I, I think another thing she had seen was signs for Hooters. And she'd never been to a Hooters before. I don't know if you're familiar with Hooters. But it's like a place where uh, the waitresses... Uh, have large breasts and the uniform t-shirt shows them off and uh, that's kind of the the whole deal <laughs> it's pretty stupid but uh it's fun and often the girls there have a great attitude about the whole thing i remember M tripping out that they had these like nude uh tights on under their orange shorts and she thought that was so weird to just not let them show their bare legs, but I, you know, it was probably a legality kind of thing or whatever. But she just thought that was so so silly. Uh, uh, and we met uh, Victor, 
uh, Victor Lopez, I think is his last name. He's a photographer. He uh, photographs uh, like uh, street trucks, like customized uh, trucks, usually lowered, sometimes with airbags and whatnot, sometimes with little wheels, sometimes, usually with really big wheels, with real low profile tires. Uh, it's a whole style of like custom trucks that I just love. I think it's so cool. I kind of got hip to it when I lived in Colorado. The guys at uh, Unique built build some of the nicest uh street trucks that i've ever seen and they're also uh building my uh, box van which is still happening if you're wondering <laughs> it's still up there uh but yeah i just uh I, I really like victor's photographs and just wanted to kick it with him since i was going to be in oklahoma city and uh luckily his house was super close to the hooters that we chose so he came by and had a soda with us and shot the shit and we talked about uh houston a bit, or uh about Oklahoma City. We do talk a little bit about Houston too, I think. Uh, but he was super nice. And uh, we uh, said our goodbyes. And I think we just went, uh, did we go to a, where did we go that night? Oh yeah, we did. We actually went to a strip club that night too in Oklahoma City, a place called Night Trips, which I thought was a cool name because there's a, uh, back in the early 90s, uh, a guy named Andrew Blake made these uh, porno movies that were filmed like a Hollywood uh, high production, uh, you know, kind of movie. They were really, really special. Uh, you, sometimes you would see them even at bars because it was porn, but it was so well done. It, it looked cool and it had like a, uh, uh, I don't know, it had a cool factor for sure. Um and one of the f famous Andrew Blake movies was called Night Trips. And uh, I think it only maybe a month or two beforehand I had shown uh, the movie to M because I have a, a decent collection of Andrew Blake uh, stuff on DVD. I don't know if you can even find it streaming these days, but it's worth, it's worth seeing. It's interesting stuff. Not what you'd expect. Um, so we went to night trips. I remember tripping out that uh, it seemed like, uh, it was like white biker dudes that ran the place, like rose sketchy fools. I don't, I don't know who they, who, who they were or whatever, but, uh, you know, it, it seemed pretty obvious that they ran the show and, uh, but not that I was tripping at all. It was just something I noticed. And, uh, I'll, something else I noticed too, that was different was you could smoke cigarettes and, uh, cigars inside the club. I don't know if you could smoke weed. I don't know if I sm smelled weed in there at all. I don't know if you could or not. But uh, people were definitely smoking a lot of cigarettes and stuff. And coming from California, that's just never going to happen in a strip club. So just in that, it was kind of interesting to us. Um, I remember uh, uh, M tried to order a Long Island iced tea, and they said no. <laughs> she had to order something a bit mellower than that, uh, just a single alcohol and she asked if they had Jaeger, and they said no. And so she, the club was already had some marks against it as far as she was concerned. <laughs> but it was fun. I remember it was a good mix of uh, different kinds of girls, different body types, different ethnicities, styles, whatnot. Um, there was this one girl that was uh, really, really good on the pole, too. And she went all the way up to the roof and was doing all this, like, twerking and stuff against the ceiling. And she was up, like, 20-some feet. It was really, really scary. And she, of course, did, like, the death drop where she, like, grabbed herself with her thighs just before her head hit the fucking floor. <laughs> but, 
man, that was a that was a pretty wild move, but uh, real memorable. I'm I'm talking about it now. But uh, we didn't stay there long. We didn't even get any lap dances or anything. We were just kind of checking it out. It didn't seem like it was exactly our vibe. And uh, we needed to hit the road again uh, the next day on a, another crazy ride from uh, Oklahoma City to Nashville, which is just all fucking day. Uh, we left early on that Sunday morning um, and headed to Bentonville, Arkansas, uh, where my friend Lauren is living and we were dating years ago and lived together in denver colorado and in boulder and uh, we got a little dog together this a uh, little uh chewini named poppy uh for real inbred runt he has like a big mole on his eye that's got hair on it he's a funny little little guy he's he's kind of he's cute but he's kind of ugly in some ways too which kind of makes him cute um but anyway i I bonded with the little dog from when it was a puppy. It was the first dog I ever bonded with like that. And so anytime I'm rolling through uh, that part of the country, I try to go out of my way to go say hi to the two of them. And uh, it's always such a thrill, you know, when I, I get to see little Poppy. And it, it, sometimes it's been months or even years that he's seen me and he still recognizes my smell and gets all excited and, uh, it's just, uh, it makes me feel so good to see him. Um, but we couldn't stay there long because we had to get all the way to Nashville that day. So we were only in uh, Bentonville for about an hour. And Bentonville is like where the Walmart family uh, is kind of trying to create their uh, like uh, fantasy little American town. Um, and it's pretty amazing, uh, the transformation. And uh, I was able to point some of that stuff out to Em as we were driving around out there. And also, if I'm in that area, um, I, my buddy Mike Peters, uh, who's doing all the kind of custom metal work on my box van, uh, he uh, lives in southern Missouri, uh, near all the lakes there. Table, table something, Table Rock Lake or some shit like that. It is just fucking incredibly gorgeous down there. If you've never been to like uh southern missouri it's it's just gorgeous it's just forest for days and rolling hills i would love to ride my motorcycle there someday it's just so fucking awesome uh so we drove and drove and drove and got to mike's and we were able to hang out there for just about an hour it was really nice to see him see some uh projects that he was working on i got to see his family who uh I, I, you know, see when I roll through too, and I, I knew all them from uh, when they lived in Colorado before they moved to Missouri. Um, and uh, Mike had this really cool uh, replica German World War II BB gun that was uh, really fun to shoot into the woods. Uh, em really had a good time shooting it. Uh, she's, I, Took her shooting just for the first time recently. She'd never shot a gun before in her life, and it turns out she's pretty good at it and enjoys it. Uh, but anyway, we had to bounce from fucking mics pretty quick, too. And uh, we ended up uh, getting into Nashville at about 9 p.m. It was a long fucking day. And uh, we were hungry and noticed that just across the street there was a Waffle House. And Waffle House is another th thing that uh, M had seen signs for you know most of the route and had never been to one so uh we walk over to the waffle house and i think it was probably 
maybe about 9.45 when we walked over there. And the, uh, the waitress there explained to us that they were just in the middle of a shift change and asked if we could come back after 10 o'clock when the new staff had been there. And we were like, yeah, no sweat. So we went back to the hotel and kicked it. Might have smoked a, jo- a joint in the parking lot and then walked back over to the uh, to the Waffle House. And they sat us down. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to a Waffle House, but... Uh, Sometimes it's only two people running the whole restaurant, and so it can take a little while, uh, and you just have to be patient, and that, that's just the deal. So we were just patient. We were in no hurry. We were excited for our first Waffle House experience. Of, I think we both, of course, ordered waffles, and <laughs> they were pretty good, but uh, it did fill up pretty quickly, and uh, people were having to wait a long time to like just get their order taken and stuff, and you could see the frustration in the people that were there and the people that worked there. It was just a tough deal. But uh, so we had our Waffle House. Uh, it didn't make us feel very good. I think we felt like shit the next day too. <laughs> but at least we tried it. Uh, so we're in Nashville now. Uh, this was uh, Monday, May 1st. It was our f- one full day in Nashville. I'd never been there before, so instead of just passing through, there was a few places along the trip that I wanted to stay for a full day, Nashville being um, one of them. Albuquerque was another, uh, New Orleans, and Houston were the others. So uh, I had noticed, I'd wanted to go to a a Harley dealership and get a, a hoodie. I had somehow left on the trip without grabbing a hoodie, and now that we were in, like, uh, Nashville, it, it had chilled out a little bit. And at night, I could really use a, something warm. So we tried to go to this uh, Harley place. that I, th- I think it's the same Harley dealership owns, like, three different businesses. And we ended up going to their, like, vintage-slash-museum kind of thing in uh, downtown Nashville. And uh, there was, like, nowhere to fucking park for one and then I found some pay parking and then I had to uh scan the QR code to pay for the parking and it was going to charge me I think $20 maybe more than that an hour and I was just like fuck man why would I pay $20 to park when I'm just looking to buy like a $30 hoodie like that just made it a $50 <laughs> so I said fuck it so we left that place um M does she she really enjoys uh shopping for vintage clothes. Um I th- I think she resells stuff here and there too. But it, in any case she, each place we went to she kind of wanted to try out uh, their vintage stores and their thrift stores and stuff. So since we had a full day in Nashville, we did a bunch of that. We started at a place called Black Shag that was super dope. Um, they had all kinds of awesome, like old heavy metal t-shirts that I just fucking trip on. Cause I owned a lot of them originally when I was a teenager going to shows all the time. Um, but they had a really, really cool, uh, just, you know, stuff in there, plenty of parking, no big fucking deal. Uh, I remember we stopped at a, a cool little coffee shop near there and had some, uh, some treats and, uh, that really hit the spot and we kind of figured out what we were going to do the rest of that day. Remember, we asked the girl at the coffee spot what the ch- things to check out, and she said downtown at night. Um, I had been told by Adam and Phoenix that they have a replica of the Parthenon, 
uh, I think it's from Greece, uh, Greek temple, and they reproduced it in like cast sandstone in, uh, in Nashville there. So we went and checked that out and that was pretty sick. Um, we paid to go into the museum and into the interior part to see the statue of Athena. And uh, I must say that the statue that they put in there was fucking terrible. Just really, really fucking terrible. I don't know if it was an exact replica of the original Athena statue that's in the, the Parthenon in Greece, but man if it was it was terrible like the the head and the hands were too big the proportions of major parts of the body were weird it had the weirdest fucking coiled up snake i think i've ever seen it made no fucking sense it was just just terrible and i, I couldn't believe I, I just couldn't believe it you know <laughs> it was so bad i had a good laugh um but so we checked it out. It was neat anyway, but we went outside and we found this cool uh, swing for two people and we creaked and swung on the swing for a little while. And then I saw that there was like a little raised uh, kind of platform in the trees uh, for like the sound tech at, a, at this little outdoor auditorium that was right next to the Parthenon. And I was able to uh, get up in there and, and smoke a joint out of the watchful eyes of the police that I could see parked right next to the Parthenon. Uh, there's always some sort of uh, thrill for me to smoke weed in a place where I can see the cops, but they can't see me. I, I just love that. <laughs> so from there, um, we tried to go to the actual Harley dealership there in Nashville, and that was a whole different story. They had a whole bunch of shop shirts. I found exactly the size that I wanted. I, it was so easy. They were super, super friendly there. Uh, shout out to Harley in Nashville. Um, I think from there we went back to the hotel to relax for a little bit and uh, just chill because it was just kind of hot and gross. Remember we tried to watch um, porn on like Pornhub or something and it was fucked up like we, we were getting blocked and I, I we were wondering if uh tennessee had some sort of thing in the hotels to block porn sites because they just weren't loading worth of shit it was the funniest thing so uh we decided to see i i had never subscribed to anything on OnlyFans, and Emma's a, a fan of this girl stella barry that has a good OnlyFans. so we got on there and subscribed for a month, and that loaded just fine for some reason. Um, so we watched some of Stella's videos and definitely got inspired and ended up fucking each other for a while. <laughs> Super fun. Uh, and then we got uh, cleaned up, and we'd heard that the uh, hot chicken in uh, Nashville was something to check out. So we went to a place called Hattie B's. And that was good as fuck. I, th I think we got our chicken just medium spicy, which was plenty for us. I think we could have gone a little more, but I didn't want to fuck with the locals and end up with, like, fucking fire shooting on my ass the next day. So <laughs> we kind of took it easy. But that was really, really, really good. I wish they had a Hattie Bees here in San Diego. That, that was very, very special. 
Um, from there, we drove down to uh, Broadway, and that's where Nashville is, like, super popping. Um, before we went down, we researched where there was, like, a, a parking garage because we knew parking would be a nightmare down there, and we found a good spot. Um, and I just had no, no idea what to expect, but we get down there, and basically Broadway, there's maybe three or four blocks both sides of the street that are full of bars and every single bar has a live band now every building also is like one story up to five stories so even in like the five-story bars each floor had a live band so like in total on broadway in nashville I think any day of the week, there's going to be at least 60 live bands playing in all those different places just within a few blocks. So it's just like, it's nuts. If, if you're into honky-tonk music or country or any of that kind of stuff, man, it is your spot. It, it, it was just absolutely incredible how many musicians were working and doing well. You know, the, the places were busy. We were there on a Monday night and it was packed there was it was nuts couldn't fucking believe it um but not really our scene nor M nor I really like country music or honky-tonk or any of that kind of shit so it wasn't really our thing but it was really fascinating it was really neat to see people really stoked it was also fucking hilarious to hear um just about every single band that we heard did at some point uh, a Metallica cover. It was just so funny to hear, like, they have these huge crowds of tourists. And, and again, not everybody is into country music, but a lot of people that aren't into country would be really into Metallica, me being one of them. But I heard so many, I, I've never heard so many terrible Metallica covers in my life. It was almost comical. I was laughing, I was laughing out loud. That it was it was ridiculous, and for some reason fucking Metallica. I, did, I whatever that 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 was really fucking bizarre. But we did have a really fun time there. We went to a place called Tootsie's Orchid Lounge, and uh, had some drinks, and that place was super fun. And then uh, that night again, uh, M had done some research and wanted to go to the Hustler Club in uh, Nashville. And so we went and checked that out. And again, we had no idea what the rules were, what cover charges, anything. We just kind of went in raw, just tourists. I believe the door charge was $22 for each of us, which was a lot. But strip clubs are expensive. You kind of have to go in there knowing you're going to be kind of throwing money away. Um, and we got inside, and it was pretty quiet. There was only... Oof, I think there was only like six people there and maybe like four dancers um we had been told or saw beforehand that it was bring your own booze and i can't remember i think we might have brought jaeger with us i can't i can't remember but uh we got some wands too and got up right by the stage and the first dancer that was there i asked them to go up and put some money on the stage and see you know if she could uh put some on her like lift up her um panty strap and put a dollar under there and she went to do that and the dancer was like oh no you can't touch me and immediately a, a security guy came over and was like hey no hands no hands and 
and was like, oh, I'm sorry. It's our first time. Sorry. You know, we were just at a club where it was okay. And they were just like, yeah, just no hands. It's a no hand state. And so instantly a lot of uh, M's excitement is deflated because that's a big part of the the fun for her is to, to feel another girl. And uh, when she can't, she just finds it really frustrating, which is cool because guys find that frustrating too. You know, that's just part of the deal. Um, so we didn't stay there very long. I, I remember, though, there was a girl named Kimora that was kind of tall and thin, um, that was super, super sexy. Both uh, me and M really liked her. I think M might have even exchanged information with her, might follow her on Instagram or something. A lot of the girls that we would come across, that would be something M would do right away, is like show her her Instagram, which is really, really racy. And then the girls would be like, oh shit, check this girl out. And then some they would she would show the mine too and then be like oh okay this guy's just an artist he's pretty harmless it looks like and that really helps kind of uh i don't know ease the tension so to speak get to know each other a little bit they knew a little bit of backstory um but that night we were again fucking so tired i had driven i think nine hours that day that was i think the longest drive of the whole trip so we were wrecked um the next day was uh, Tuesday, May 2nd, and um, we were able to sleep in that morning, which was fucking so necessary because uh, the drive to Atlanta from Nashville was only like four hours. So uh, we took our time uh, doing that drive. I remember we uh, stopped in Chattanooga, went to a vintage place called Poor Taste. That was super nice, and we both uh, really enjoyed Chattanooga. We did a little walk around that neighborhood, and... It just was nice, you know, it wasn't a big, big city, everybody was very friendly, um, and just kind of took note, like Chattanooga might be a place we could live someday. Um, we ended up getting into Atlanta about 4 o'clock that afternoon. Um, we did a little research and found a place to eat nearby the hotel, which was downtown, and we went over and had tacos at this, like, uh, Irish pub in uh, downtown Atlanta, and uh had some you know shots and beers and whatnot and then i think we went over to the uh it's called the skyview ferris wheel and that was super fun big gigantic ferris wheel downtown and uh, we went around that thing a few times and took some videos and some pictures that was super super fun and then uh again we wanted to try a, a strip club um at that point, we hadn't hooked up with uh, my man Killer Mike yet and uh, didn't really have a heads up on which clubs were cool or not and just were like, ah, we don't need to bother him. Let's just go check one out. So we found a place called Gentleman's Club, GC. And uh, we went and uh, I think it might have been a $20 cover. And then we get inside and literally there were two dancers and there was one customer and then me and M. <laughs> So, I don't, I don't think we ordered drinks. I don't know if it was alcohol. I can't remember if we were able to have booze there. Um, and we sat down at the stage, and then one lady came over, and she danced for us for two songs, and we gave her money and stuff, and then she bounced, and that was that. And there was the, the other girl that was there to dance was doing VIP with a guy in the back, and, you know, we were just like, well, I guess that was that. <laughs> 
so we were there for a total of like five songs <coughs> and just left really uh defeated <laughs> and that was that so fuck i'm already at a hour and a half so i'm gonna wrap this uh episode up right here with uh us in uh atlanta and uh, i'll start over uh the next episode uh and continue from here so uh yeah thanks for listening but uh please listen to part two thanks